Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast with lead pastor Don Headley. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships. So we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that He gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. We are kicking off a brand new series entitled Test Me in This. I'm going to show you where that comes from in Scripture today. Uh, So that's kind of where we got our name is directly out of Scripture. It's one of the most incredible pieces of Scripture anywhere, and I'll show you why here in a minute. But I want to encourage you, go ahead and grab the Word of God, grab your advice, head over to Isaiah chapter 55. We're going to be in a couple of verses there this morning before we go to our text for the morning. But uh, today, I want you to know, uh, this is a financial series. If you can't tell from the graphic, over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about finances. And I know uh, that sets some of you on edge, but bear with me just a minute. I'll explain why we're doing this. Uh, We are going to be taking some steps over the next few weeks and and teaching, uh, from a financial standpoint, some very, very practical steps that you can take to align your finances with what we see in Scripture. And I think this is so critical, even for us here and now, because if you know anything about what's happening in the world around us with the economy and inflation and everything else, we need some help. Right on? And, And so... God has given us instruction in Scripture that I think for the most part, many of us don't even know about it. So some of us know about it, and we're kind of ignoring it right now. But it's the idea that in order to um, just to add on to the spiritual disciplines that we were teaching over the last few weeks, uh, this financial piece is another spiritual discipline. Now, we, we taught you uh, how to dive into the Word of God for 20 minutes a day and to pray and to serve, and we taught you all of those. Did you know that the financial piece, this idea of this uh, spiritual discipline of tithing, is actually another spiritual discipline? It's just like all the others, but I think for many of us, this is one that we neglect. And, and the reason we neglect it is because we truly don't understand what it says in Scripture. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to dive into this. We're, we're going to learn it, not from a worldly standpoint, but from a biblical standpoint. What does God have to say about our finances? And we're going to teach you some things, uh, something called the 10-10-80 method. Uh, we're also going to, if you hang with us over the next few weeks, something you're going to have access to, which I think is just incredible, is uh, it's called Ramsey Plus. Uh, Dave Ramsey, the Financial Peace University course. They have all of their online budgeting tools. The church here, Mountain View Fellowship, has a church subscription, and it's available to every person at Mountain View Fellowship free of charge. And so you'll have access to all of that, too, as we go through this series. This is how much we believe in it, and we want you to make sure that you're aligning your finances with what we see in Scripture. Because if you don't, the times will run away with everything, right? Like the inflation the uh, taxation, the, uh, the evaluation of your house, right, that affected, uh, some of you have approached me with that already. Uh, you know what's happening around you. And I want to show you that God actually has a better way for you to handle your finances. Did you know that every time you get paid, you actually take a test? That's how important this is. Whether it's monthly, weekly, uh, maybe you're self-employed, it's by, by the job. You know, every time you get paid, you take a test. And it's if you're going, uh, if you're going to honor God with your finances or not. Um, 
if you, don't raise your hands, but if you were going to grade yourself right now on your finances, how would you grade yourself? How would you, don't, don't raise your hand, don't speak out loud, okay, I don't want to embarrass anybody, I just want you to internalize. How are you doing when it comes to the amount of debt that you have? How are you doing at saving money, at being a generous person? How would you grade yourself in that? How would you grade yourself on margin? You know, when you get to the end of the month, how much of the paycheck do you have left? And I say that kind of jokingly because I know most of you are like, are you kidding me? It's like I get to the end of the money and then I figure out how much month I have left, right? Because that's where a lot of us are at right now. Uh, Many people are living paycheck to paycheck. Many of us, I think, uh, would grade ourselves very, very low in this area, this financial piece. And it's because we are not really aligning this area of our life with what God has instructed us in Scripture. And so in this series, I want to teach you that so that by the time we get to the end of this, you are very confident in handling your finances in a very biblical way. And the reason for that is because you know money's not about money, right? Money is about lordship. It's all about lordship. It's about heart posture. It's about our priorities in life. Now, if I had access to your bank statement, I'm not going to ask for that, okay? Um, Some of you are like, nope, that ain't happening. But here's the deal. If I had access to your bank statement, I promise you this. I could tell you what is most important to you. I could tell you just by looking at, at where you spend your money where your priorities are at. Stewardship reveals what we worship. It reveals what's important to us. It reveals to us our our list of priorities. The way we spend our money says everything about who we are and, and what we worship in our lives. Now, as I jump into this, I can already tell some of you are like, oh man, here we go, right? Don's getting off on this, this subject again. I, I want to acknowledge up front that anytime a church talks about finances, people start getting really anxious. And I don't want that here, okay? That, that shouldn't be the case. I don't want you to get nervous about this because you're going to see here in a minute, this is for our good. It's for the good of each and every one of us that are going to implement these these spiritual disciplines in our lives. But people get nervous so often in churches when they start talking about money. Uh, And I think some of that comes from the assumption that money somehow is off limits. Like, it's my money. I get to spend it however I want. Nobody gets to tell me how to spend my money because I made my money, right? You didn't. And so we get this attitude about money and we think that the church can't speak into it. Now, um, that assumption I kind of get but also I think it's odd. Now, I get it when people get nervous about a church talking about finances because if you watch the news at all, the only thing that you ever see where the church intersects money is usually the pastor that's wearing the $800 shoes, right? And he's asking for another jet. That's, that's where a lot of people, I think, think about church and money. And, and that's not the case. Let me tell you why I think it's odd to think that it's off limits. is because Jesus himself taught about money a lot. He knew this was going to be one of the biggest tests for us. Why? Because it's about lordship. He knew this was going to be an obstacle for each and every person from the beginning to now. It's going to be an obstacle because we struggle. We put our faith and trust in money more than we do God. Money is all about lordship. And if Jesus taught about money, guess what we should be doing? teaching about money. And if we don't teach about money, something that Jesus taught about, can I, can I just say it this way? We would be an unbiblical church. And we are committed to what scripture says. And so we're going to teach on money. And, and I'll tell you why. This is the second reason why I think this is so odd. 
We have so many people coming through the doors that want to visit with a pastor for help. And do you know what they want to help with? It's either sex or money. It's the two biggest issues that we have in our lives. Sex or money. It comes up all the time. Couples coming through our doors. We need help. We're struggling financially. Um, he's, he spends money all the time, and I'm trying to save it. And, we, you know, the, and, and we're like, okay, well, let's sit down. Let's look at your budget. And they give you this, this blank stare. Like, what do, you, what do you mean a budget? Right? And, and we wonder why we're having financial issues. So I think it's important that we go to the scriptures and we find out what does God have to say about this? Because if it's such an issue, not just in our lives, but in our relationships, we need to ask God, look, speak into this. Help us with this. Help us put this area of our life in a place where it honors God so that you can bless it. So as we start, you need to know that I want nothing from you, okay? I want nothing from you. And first of all, let me just say it this way. God doesn't need you to give him money. Do you understand that? He doesn't care about your, your, your giving. He cares about your heart. And your giving reflects your heart. I don't want anything from you. Here's what I want. I only want God's best for you. And you know how you get God's best? You align this area of your life with what God tells you to do. Now, if I get passionate about this subject over the next few weeks, I'm just going to tell you it's because I'm teaching from experience. Uh, like you... I have my own financial story. Uh, I was raised in a household that was uh, self-employed. My dad was self-employed, and he's here this morning, so it's kind of fun talking about this. But um, if you're self-employed, you know how that works, right? There are seasons of feasting, and there are seasons of famine. It's just self-employment. That's the way it works. And and today, I I look back on it, I kind of chuckle because it affected me growing up in that household. Because here's the deal. Um, In our house, if we have peanut butter and bologna, and my wife says, you want a peanut butter sandwich? I'm going to say, no. Are you kidding me? Like, she stopped offering that to me because I don't want to eat peanut butter. It's not that I don't like peanut butter. It was when I was growing up, I knew what season we were in as a kid by what sandwiches we were eating. If we were going through a tough time, we were having peanut butter sandwiches, or we were having bologna, and my mom would get creative. She would fry it up or something, you know, and just try to make it more interesting. But that's what we ate when things weren't going well. When things were going well, my dad, he loved sandwiches, and he would go down, and he would have like a nice ham really sliced, right? So we had good cheese and good ham. I knew when things were going really well. And, and that's just the way we lived, because you had to as you were growing up in a self-employed home. But it's funny, today, as an adult, I still have that, that feeling. Like, I'll open up the cabinet, I look at the, the peanut butter, and I'm like, nope, not doing that. Now, I would go on, I would, I would marry a girl who uh, was 10, 12 years younger than her brothers and sisters, so she came later, she was an oops, right? And so, she came later, but she came after her parents were a lot further along in saving and, and investing their careers had both expanded, so they were making more money. And so her brother and sister would look at her and go, you were spoiled as a kid because you got everything that you wanted. And that's what I married. And so when we got together and we started doing life, um, can you guess the conflict that happened in that household? It was incredible. Our early years, we, we were spending money. We were grabbing credit cards. We did all kinds of stuff. And if I told you at our peak what our debt was, it would scare most of you. And yet, 
in that moment is where we started to learn about finances and we started to learn about tithing. We started to learn about how to align this area of our life with what God desires in Scripture. And it took us years, but I'll tell you, this is our experience. Once we got our finances aligned with what we see in Scripture, God began to bless our finances. It took us years and we finally got out of debt And here's the amazing thing. When we talk about blessing when it comes to finances, I'm not always talking about monetary. Okay, I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about joy. I'm talking about peace. Because once we got out of debt, our marriage got 10 times better. We stopped fighting about money. We actually started to make a budget together. And we would like agree on where the money was going to go. And if we were eating peanut butter that month, we knew why and we agreed on it. And it was okay. Because we were in this together. We were a team. We weren't all of a sudden on opposite sides fighting against one another. And so this idea of financial blessing plays out in so many different ways. And I want that for each and every one of you. We've experienced it. And I want you to experience it as well. So a lot of this is just coming from experience. Sharing with you what we've learned over the years. Because I believe that God can begin to do something miraculous in our lives when we align our area, these areas of our lives with what he says in his word. It's in those moments that we see, it's in those moments that we start to see God intervene and do some amazing things. Now what I've discovered is that many times if this is new to you, it's going to take a massive shift in our thinking on how we view this topic. It really is, because many of us, we view money through a very worldly lens, whether it's through the music we listen to, or the celebrities that we follow, or the commercials that we watch, right? We're discontent with life, and oh, I need the greatest next thing, whatever that is, and we find ourselves going into debt for certain things because we think we have to have it, and we we have mismanaged our finances, and we wonder why we're discontent. We wonder why we're struggling and wrestling because we're in so much debt, We viewed our money through a worldly lens, and God has a better plan for us. We need to learn to see our finances the way that God does, because as it says in Isaiah 55, God is speaking through his his prophet here, and he says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God has a better plan. And when it comes to finances, I'm just going to be honest with you, some of it is not going to seem like, it's not going to seem correct to us because in our own economy, you know, 100% equals 100%. And God's going to teach us that it's different when you do it his way. He has a way of taking less and blessing it and making it more than what you ever had in the first place. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to learn some of this. We're going to pick it up. We're going to teach some very, very practical steps. We're going to teach you how to give, to save, and spend. And I say it that way because most of us, when it comes to our finances, we think of it like this. We think we spend first, and if we have something left over, we might save. And then if generosity actually kicks in, we might give a little here, right? We say, look, I'll get my spending in order And then uh, maybe I'll save a little bit. And then, you know, I'll start to give. And that's the way many of us have lived our lives. And and I'll just tell you, theologically and practically, that never works. Because when we do it that way, here's the priority list. Me, 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 and then maybe God. 
And you need to know that any area where God is last, he will not fully bless. That's the way that works. And we're actually told in Scripture that that needs to be reversed. This is the way it spells out in Scripture. We give first, and then we save, and then we spend. Why? Because it's all about lordship. It's about a heart posture. And we're going to teach you this later on. You're going to learn this in the next few weeks. But it's a 10-10-80. And we'll end up learning how to live off of 80% while saving and giving. And this is the way God has designed it for us. And it's amazing when you put it into practice what it does in a very, very short amount of time. Not just in your finances, but like I said, in your relationships, in your peace, and your joy in life. Because the truth is, until you prioritize giving as your first priority, God will never be able to fully bless your finances. Until you put him first. And this is a heart posture. That's why every time you get paid, you're taking a test. You're you're taking a test that says, who am I going to put first? Who am I going to thank first? Who who am I going to honor first with my finances? Turn over to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. I want to show you where this title comes from in this series. Now, as you go there, let me just ask you a question because I know we just came out of the Christmas season and some of you are sitting there with your credit card bills right now and you're having a heart attack, right? Uh, So for many people, I think the first person that we thank or honor with our finances is MasterCard, right? Right? Or Amazon Prime, right? Oh, Amazon Prime. Love. They, they deliver to your house. Like, we're just so excited about Amazon Prime. That, that's the first person that we honor or that we thank with our finances. And let me just ask the question, okay? And this is where I, I want a response from you, okay? You tell me whether you agree with me or not. Does Visa have the ability to bless your finances, yes or no? Okay, seven of you. Okay, for the rest of you, does MasterCard have the ability to bless your finances, yes or no? No. Some of you are afraid to say it. You're like, I know it's true, but I don't want to say it because of where I'm at right now. And you need to know this truth, that that only God has the ability to bless our finances. That's it. Not, Not MasterCard, not Amazon, not the U.S. government. Did I go too far with that one? Sorry. But this is where we're at, right? Our money's going a lot of different directions except where it's supposed to go. That's why all through the Bible, God teaches us this principle which which demonstrates us putting him first in every area of our lives, including finances, and it's called tithe. Uh, The principle... The spiritual principle that we're going to teach you is called tithing. It comes from this this Hebrew word that just means a tenth. And it's all through scripture. And I will tell you, the first time I learned this, I thought it was the craziest idea. I was like, what? I was raised in the church. And when I was a newly married guy and I started making money and my wife was making money, we we learned this idea of tithing to take 10% and put it towards something was just like so foreign. We thought it was so crazy. That, that teaching is nuts. Like, who in the world can take 10% and put it towards something? So I'm going to tell you up front that tithing, I think, requires a big step of faith. It's a big step of faith, especially if you've never done this before. 
It's like you can't even fathom putting 10% towards something. And I know many of you are sitting here right now and you're thinking, Don, you don't understand our finances. You don't understand what we're going through right now. We're living paycheck to paycheck. You don't understand the debt that we're in. And I just want to tell you, yes, I do. Because that's exactly where we were at when we were taught this. And my wife and I sat down and we said, we feel like the Holy Spirit is putting on our hearts to take this step. We need to take this step. And we were both arguing about it. Well, maybe we should get out of debt first. Maybe I should get a better job first, right? And what we realized is it doesn't matter that wherever we were at in that moment, that's where God was calling us to start to tithe so that he would bless our finances. And I want to show you a few things to encourage you to take this step of faith and to trust God. Because it is such an amazing spiritual discipline. Because tithing is the only place in scripture where we are invited to test God. You realize that? A lot of other places in scripture, it says, do not put the Lord God to the test. And yet we get to this place and it says, test him. He, he literally tells us, test me in this. Um, if you're going to tithe this idea of 10%, it means that if you make $2,000, your tithe would be $200. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. $10,000, that's $1,000. That's a lot of money. And I remember when we first heard this and we started to, to take the step thinking, I, I can't even fathom giving that kind of money back to God. Like, this is unbelievable. And yet, this is why we're told in Malachi chapter 3. It says, should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the offerings and tithes due to me. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes. Underline that if you're underlining your Bibles. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, check this out. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Some of the original translations said, test me in this. That's where we get the name of this series. God challenges us in this moment. Why? Because he knows that this is all about lordship. That if he doesn't have this, he doesn't have our heart. That he knew in 2024 that most of us would put our trust and faith in money and what we're saving and what we're, we're paying more than we would ever trust him. And God says, test me. Just put me to the test and see what happens. And he promises to show up. It's amazing. I love how it's written too because it says... Um, you know, bring all the tithes, and we're talking about 10%. We're like, I don't know what I'm going to do without that $200. And then it says, the Lord of heaven's armies. Like, it's the Lord of all things. Like, he's over the earth. He's, over, he's, he's got the armies of heaven at his disposal, and you're worried about 200 bucks, right? That's what it told me years ago. And I remember thinking, okay, God, I'm going to trust you in this. And he says, if you do... I'll open the windows of heaven for you. I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't even have enough room to take it in. You, you won't even be able to fathom what I'm going to do in your life. And I, I want to be clear about this. We are not teaching a prosperity doctrine here, right? Because I think so often the blessing is not monetary. 
like I said before, it's everything else. It's, it's your relationship with your spouse. It's, it's your relationships with other people. It's, it's the heart, the joy that you get from giving. It's the joy that you find in financial freedom. It's, it's the peace that you have because you're not worried about the assessment on your home going up another $200, and now you won't be able to make your budget. There's so much that comes when we align this area of our life with God. And I remember we started this. And I don't have enough time to tell you all the different ways that God moved in that when we didn't think we had another dime and we would give. And God would just provide. And it was amazing what he was doing in that moment. And I remember being so proud that, hey, we took this step and God is moving. And he does care about my daily needs. And all this stuff is happening. I went to the pastor. And and in a way, I'm just being honest with you, I was bragging, okay? Like I was so excited to share with him what was happening and God's moving in our lives. And we're tithing. We're tithing, right? And so I thought I was going to be real intelligent. I was going to ask the question. So I asked him. I said, you know, I haven't been able to find this in Scripture. Can you just clarify this for me? Um, When you're talking about tithing, is it net or is it gross? (laughs) Yeah, you guys know, right? And this old pastor, he was so cool. And I know he was probably just taking pity on this stupid young kid. And he just says... um, you know, honestly, that's not spelled out in Scripture. You know what he said, though? He says, but my question to you would be this. Which one do you want him to bless? And I was like, oh, I thought I had him, right? Man, this is why God says, try it. Try it. Put me to the test. See what happens. Just see what happens. God says, test me in this. It's the only place in Scripture where we're told to test God. And what God is saying, look, just, I dare you. I dare you. Trust me. Put me first. Make me Lord of everything in your life. And what he's saying in this moment is, look, 90% with me is way more than 100% without me. He's saying, look, $4,500 with me is 10 times better with 5,000 without me. I promise you that. Now try taking that equation to your math teacher and see what happens, right? They'd say, you're nuts. This is one of those areas where Scripture goes against everything we're taught. It doesn't, it, it, we have to struggle, we have to fight to do this, and yet this is why God says, test me. Because if you take that step of faith and you step out and do it, he shows up in amazing ways. God knew this was going to be hard for us, so he says, look, I dare you, just try me in this. And I love the fact that it's 10%, because when I'm reading through Scripture, I realize that every time I see the number 10 pop up, many times it's a test. How many plagues were there in Egypt? Do you remember? Yeah, there were 10. How many commandments are there? How many times did God test the Israelites in the wilderness? 10 times. How many times did Jacob's wages get changed? 10 times. How how many days was Daniel tested? 10 days. It just seems like 10 just means it's going to be a test. And and he says, I want you to tithe 10%. Now, you also need to know this. You can't give a tithe You can only bring it. You can only bring it. Why? Because everything that we have, the breath in our lungs, the ability to make money, the money that we have, everything is given to us by God in the first place. It's not ours. And Leviticus 27, it's a challenge. It says, one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit of the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be, get this, must be set apart to him as what? Say it with me. Holy. Do you realize that God considers this holy? And yet many of us, we don't understand it, we don't get it, we walk away from it, we, we ignore it, and, and we are robbing God of what is due him. 
It's why he says, yet you have cheated me. Because everything I've given you is from me anyway. And I'm just asking for 10 back so that I know that I have your heart, that your heart is right in this, that you haven't made in your life another idol besides me. It all belongs to God, and we're just bringing a portion of what he has entrusted to us back to him. That's it. And and I want you to know, as a pastor, I'm not up here trying to guilt you into anything. I'm not trying to shame you. That's not what this is about. It's about God helping us see how he views our finances and motivates us to put him first in that so that he can come alongside and bless that beyond anything you and I could ever imagine. That's what it's about. And we have experienced that, and I desire for you to experience that as well. I want you to know that God is real, and he cares about every little need that you have, and he will provide for you and take care of you. We don't give a tithe. We bring a tithe. Even in that passage we read earlier, Malachi 3.10, it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. We can't give it, we just bring it. Now our mindset, our heart posture should really be this. This is what I want us to get through this series, that God is the owner and we're just the managers. Because again, we have that attitude of, you're talking about my money? I made this money, right? And we, we, we really internalize and we get very protective. And when we understand that it's God's in the first place, it changes everything. When we're faithful with what he gives us, he blesses us in that. That's why he says, test me. And the truth is, when we commit to tithe, we have no idea how God is going to use that. We have no idea how he's going to use it to bless other people. We have no idea how he's going to bless even us in that moment. Now, here at Mountain View Fellowship, I can tell you, when you tithe to this church, it goes in a lot of different directions. You know, we support missionaries around the globe. We've got a mops group, mothers of preschoolers that meet, and a lot of those ladies don't even belong to this church, and your money goes to support them and love on them. Uh, We do funerals for people here almost weekly, it seems like, people that don't even come to this church, and we love on those families and take care of those families. Uh, We've got a full children's department where your money goes to, to teach them all about Jesus. We send youth to camp every summer so that they can get away from everything else and just focus on, on God for one week. We got men's and women's ministries and all these different events and all this stuff that's going on. We have no idea where all of that is going to go and how it's going to bless all these different people and might even return and bless you in some way. And we were talking about this, the way that, that God just has this bigger picture of everything that we give to him. And, and uh, we were having a pastor's meeting, and we were talking about it, and Pastor Miguel began to explain, you know, before he received Christ and, and the struggle with tithing, and, and he came into the church, and he and his wife found Christ, and they started growing in that, and, and the pastor started talking about tithing. They took the step of tithing. And then he said all of a sudden later on, they started doing a building program for a youth building. And he started talking about, it was this amazing step for them to take a step to tithe, and now they were being asked to give to something that they thought would never, ever affect them. And they had no idea God's plan in it. I just want you to hear what he has to say in this video. Well, this is Pastor Miguel, and I want to share a testimony with you guys. Uh, We were uh, early on our walk with Christ. We were starting to understand about tithing and giving to the church. Shortly after that, there was a, our church was growing and we were going through a building campaign to build a building for a youth. At that time, our kids were eight and four and my wife and I looked at each other and, and thought, 
you know, this doesn't apply to us. Our kids are not in that group yet. We don't really need to uh, participate. Yet uh, we remember, you know, during the teaching that they say, you know, trust God or test God in this. And just like Malachi says. So uh, we went ahead in obedience, started doing, it was a three-year commitment where we were given above and beyond our tithe towards the building. You know, years went by and we didn't even think about it, but yet, you know, as my kids got older and got into that age group, we were blessed that our kids were able to grow up and actually being raised in that, in that building, in the youth building. There were um, many times that that was like their second home. <laughs> so, you know, looking back to uh, for us was like, like we had paid a membership to a gym or, or something like that ahead of time. <laughs> we didn't think it was gonna be for us, but God has a way of, of being faithful and, and, and staying to his promises. And our kids were blessed and we were blessed by that building uh, years later. We didn't even think that that was something that's gonna apply to us. So, you know, that was a great lesson in our lives as far as trusting God with, with everything that we have, especially with our money. So it, it's in God's hands at that point. We have no idea how he's gonna use it, but he uses it in amazing ways to bless the people around you and to bless you as well. And so with that being said, Here's what I want to do. I want to issue a challenge to all of you. Now, if you're a first-time guest, this is not for you, okay? This is for those of us that have been walking with Christ for a while, and uh, maybe we haven't taken this step. And so here's, here's something that I've done. Every time we've done a financial series, and I've seen God move in great ways in this, and so I'm doing it again. But here's what I want to do. If you've never tithed, maybe, maybe you're like me, you know, when I was married, uh, young, young married, and and coming into the church, and the, you remember they passed the offering plate? Remember that? And, uh, you know, I'd take whatever I had in my pocket from the club the night before or whatever, you know, and I'd throw that in the offering plate, and I'd be like, hey, I'm done, right? And it was nowhere to 10%, right? Um, maybe, maybe you're in that stage where you're just kind of like throwing a little bit at it and, and just calling that good. I, I want to really challenge you. Over the next three months, just three months, I want you to commit yourself to do the spiritual discipline, to tithe. And here's my promise to you. At the end of three months, if you don't see God move in that, come tell me, and we will give you every cent back to you. Because again, this is not about the money. This is about a heart condition. And and what I'll say is this, too. If you give by cash, here's what I would just ask you to do. Put it in an envelope and put your name on it, okay? So it gets logged under your name. And then when you come at the end of the three months and, and, and if you say, hey, we haven't seen God move and I, I want my money back, not a problem. We'll give it back to you. Not even, no questions. It's just yours. Um, we'll give it back to you. Not a problem. We've been doing this for years. And it's amazing to me how many testimonies we get out of this when we take a step of faith, how God shows up in a mighty way. How in the world can I, can I make you that promise? Because God made it way before I ever did. He said, test me, test me, try me, test me in this, is what he says. And so I hope that you'll take that challenge seriously and dive into it and just watch what God's going to do over the next three months. Now, with that being said, I'm just going to pray for all of us and uh, pray that God kind of gets a hold of our hearts over the next few weeks. Would you join me in that? Heavenly Father, we come to you right now just as your people, and we ask, Lord, as we talked about the last several weeks of just getting into the word of uh, praying, of spending time with you serving, of sharing the gospel, Lord, that this would be one more step that we would take 
in putting you first in all areas of our lives. And Lord, I, I pray specifically for those in the room that are struggling right now. Uh, maybe it is a mountain of debt. Maybe it's the, the paycheck to paycheck. God, I pray that you would meet them right where they're at, that, that Malachi 3 would come um, just to, to life for them, that they would hear your voice say, test me. And Lord, I pray that as they take those steps, that you would just, you would throw open the floodgates of heaven. And Lord, that they would see you in a very real way, that it would strengthen their faith, that, that you would use this to continue to mold and shape us into people that look more and more like you. We pray all this brings glory and honor to the name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people agreed and said, Amen.